Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. Timeline on this Thursday afternoon, wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. will now turn to an outside evaluation on his injured quad. This is according to the head coach. Beckham not expected to practice today. The Giants will face the Titans on Sunday. And Adam Schefter reporting just a few minutes ago that a recent CT scan on Carson Wentz's back reveals a fractured vertebrae. I'm Wendy Nix with Teddy Bruschi, Darren Woodson, Adam Schefter, and Hall of Famer Bill Polian. We will have of course, start with Carson Wentz, Shefty, and I'll just ask you what more you know. He had a CAT scan yesterday that showed a fractured vertebrae. Now, they believe that he won't need surgery, that with rest it would get better. I think he still would like to play some, but they're determining whether or not that would be a wise idea. Probably not. He's not going to play on Sunday night, I would not expect, against the Los Angeles Rams. There's no reason to do that. The interesting part would be if they had beaten the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, would he be out there on Sunday night against the Rams? And I think there's a chance... He might be, possibly, because he'd like to continue playing. But in his current situation right now, they believe that he's expected to heal fully without any further issues based on the CAT scan. He's still going to go through more testing. It's been going on all season long. He had a CAT scan done earlier in the year on the back. So, obviously, a whole host of issues that Carson Wentz has been playing through. And I think that helps explain some of his performance and why it has not been MVP-like this year the way it was last year. It's been a difficult return. He, of course, missed the tail end of last year, Bill, and then he comes back, and it's just been up and down. Nick Foles obviously steps in. He's done it before. Is it too late, though, this time around to recreate that same kind of magic? I think it may be too late, and here's why. It has nothing to do with the quarterbacks. I thought Carson Wentz has had a great year, given what he has to work with. They have had zero running backs almost from day one, and now they they truly don't have – a running back who's capable of starting in the National Football League on their team. And without a running game, it's, you really put the quarterback in an impossible situation. So I don't know that it makes a whole – and by the way, it's not, it's not bad decisions on their part. A lot of it's just bad luck, injuries, yeah. and, 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 and they let Blunt go. But given the situation in preseason, you could understand that. They've had awful luck. But the fact of the matter remains that without a running game, doesn't matter who the quarterback mm. is. So it's a lot of pressure on the quarterback, a lot of pressure on the offense to score points because you're struggling on the defensive side of the ball too. And the only way that's going to help you defensively is if you have a lead and you can play aggressively and play comfortably if you have that type of lead. Without a running game like that, Nick, Nick Foles has shown that he can play good yeah. football, Wendy. You know, yeah, he's he has. That. He's, he's done, done that for the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's probably what they're hoping. You know, I, I worry about Carson Wentz a little bit in terms of you got a young quarterback now that has had some serious injuries in, yeah. his, in his career, and you just gotta you gotta hope that he gets it right so he can finish 16. Because yeah. not only is he struggling to make 16 games, but you're hoping these these seasons last 20 games. Exactly. Like yeah. that. You have to protect your franchise quarterback, and sometimes you got to protect your franchise quarterback from himself. I mean, we all know how tough this kid is. He wanted to play last year and rush himself, actually this year, and rush himself from that ACL injury and get back on the field. And then, at the same time, you, you, you're look, you brought in Nick Foles for a reason. You paid him uh, handsomely. He has a nice contract, and he has an incentive package at the same time. So why not put Nick Foles back out there? Because right now, the Philadelphia Eagles do not control their own destiny. 
It's about the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys went out and win the next game. They pretty much wrapped it up. The Eagles, you know, should take care of themselves, take care of their franchise quarterback and sit him and let Foles take his spot. Carson needs to learn a valuable Andrew Luck lesson here. <laughs> take care take of your, your body. Be careful. Slide all the time. Don't take those risks. It's not the college level. You got they need them for sixteen, and as yeah. you say, twenty. Well, it, it's they, almost sorry. I'm sorry, Wendy. It seems like they these young quarterbacks need to be forced to learn this lesson. Only learning by experience. It's, it's, yeah. it's what. Uh, well, it's part of what makes them so good, good, right? Exactly. You know Andrew your greatest strength. kidney and all these shoulder problems to finally change his style. Right. You know, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks have have been hit. And injured yeah. until they've changed well, their Well, let's style. face it, they're encouraged to do it at the college level. Yes, absolutely. So they, they, until they get to this level, they don't really learn that yeah. lesson. Yeah. It's the opposite. Well, all of this, though, underscores the point also, though, why the Eagles kept Nick Foles, why they did give him the handsome contract right. that you referred to, whether you're talking about the start of the season or now. Because, as you know, Bill, it's extremely valuable to have a backup quarterback who can step in and produce. Week 15 gets underway tonight, and there are no shortage of headline-worthy matchups when the Chargers travel to the Chiefs. Tonight will be the 17th regular season meeting between these two teams, but 117th, but it'll be the first time they meet where both squads entered the matchup with at least 10 wins. These offenses have piled up the yards as they are the top two teams in yards per play. The Chiefs on pace to have the second-highest mark in the Super Bowl era. And then... Both quarterbacks have produced strong 2018 campaigns. There's Patrick Mahomes, the second-best QBR in the league, and right behind him, 37-year-old Philip Rivers, who's also playing some great football. And with that, we say hello to Jeff Darlington, who covers tonight's game. And, Jeff, let's start with injuries. Uh, in particular, Chiefs running back Spencer Ware and Chargers running back Melvin Gordon. What can he tell us? Right. Well, I can tell you that both of those guys are not likely to see the field tonight. Spencer Ware, doubtful in this game. Melvin Gordon does want to give it a try in pregame. He's missed the past couple of games with a knee injury. They're going to take a look. But it feels like at this point, based on my conversations, that it'd be unlikely he'll wind up playing. That being said, for a Chiefs team that already doesn't have Kareem Hunt, we're talking about two teams that now are without their top two running backs in this game if they can't play. As if we already didn't expect a passing duel here between these two teams, I think we're really going to see that. A Chiefs defense that is coming on, at least statistically, still in the bottom of the league, but they're getting a better pass rush lately. And if you talk to Chiefs players, they do feel like this defense is taking on some momentum. Add into all of that that Eric Berry, the safety, will be starting tonight for the first time since week one of last year. This Chiefs defense recognizes the tax that they face. What a monster game between these two teams. Personally, I can't wait. <laughs> with good reason. I will ask you this, Jeff, because it's been so much fun to watch Patrick Mahomes. He's done things with the football right. that uh, not a lot of people can do. But what are the Chiefs looking for, not only tonight in this crucial game, but in this cru- crucial stretch of the season? Right. Well, Wendy, first of all, Patrick Mahomes has done everything in the regular season that the Chiefs could possibly want. Now it's about the clutch moments. And he had exactly that this past week against the Ravens in a game that really, quite frankly, toward the end there, it felt like the Chiefs had no business winning. But then he does, he makes magic out of it. Andy Reid saying afterward that that was his best game of the season because of the way he handled things in crunch time. And when you look at the play that he had on fourth and nine, Next-gen stats say that he had a 15% probability of completing that pass when you consider that the wide receiver in Tyreek Hill only had one yard of separation. Mahomes was trying to throw it 46 yards, and the speed that he was making when he was rolling outside the pocket, that was a ridiculous throw in a high-pressure moment 
essentially, the Chiefs just want more of that. I, I guess so, Jeff. That, that makes a lot of sense. Enjoy the game. It should be a good one. Our Hall of yeah, Fame quarterback, you. Steve Young, joins us now. And Steve, as you heard Jeff articulate, we've just seen so much from Patrick Mahomes. He'll play in primetime tonight. Uh, is there any reason to believe we just won't see more of the same with playoff implications on the line? Well, Wendy, we keep waiting for it. a young player. You figure that they see the, you know, he sees the focus of the whole NFL. You think the Baltimore Ravens didn't give their number? If you want to know who the Ravens' defense is, watch last week's film. That is who they are because that's going to be every inch of them going up against Patrick Mahomes. If you want to know who the Chargers' defense is, you're going to see it tonight because they're going to get, there's never been better focus or more focus in trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. So in many ways, it's self-defining. I'm facing the best of every defense the best of who they are every week, and I'm still performing very well. I'm not worried about Thursdays, short weeks, for re, you know, kind of re, recurring themes. It's like he doesn't doesn't seem to phase him. So I think at this point, until the off season, let's just run the table. We'll talk about what it means to to come back after a, well, one whole lap through the NFL. But right now, we just. I, I, there's nothing I can see that's going to be a problem. No, it looks right now that he's got the temperament to match that incredible talent that he's also also <laughs> has. But I tell you what, Philip Rivers is putting up some MVP numbers, which is great to see. He's a veteran quarterback, been doing it for quite some time. Is this his best year at 37 years old? You got to think that, like you know Drew Brees, when he had some help, finally got some help at defense, and got some, a lot of turnovers that year. He went to the Super Bowl. Philip Rivers has been waiting for help for a long time. He's had some defensive help over the years, certainly some offensive players, but never as many as this. And, uh, and the protection is better. I just feel like Philip finally has a whole team in a locker room that can go on the road and travel. And so I think suspect tonight you're going to see the full measure of what the, uh, the, the, the LA Chargers have put together in a roster that is as good as Philip Rivers has ever seen. So because of that at 37, I'm not worried about the age. Philip Rivers is a great player now has a great team behind him. Steve, thanks. I know you'll be back shortly. Quarterback spotlight coming up. I imagine we'll hear more about both of these guys there. Uh, and one guy, though, that will be after Patrick Mahomes, Joey Bosa, one of the top young pass runner, rushers. He's beaten his block within two and a half seconds on 43% of his pass rushes since the start of 2017. Only Aaron Donald has a better win rate on pass rushes in that time among players with at least 500 pass yards. And at pass rushes, I should say. And Bill, what matchup are you watching tonight? I'm going to watch the uh, front, the offensive line that can protect best. When it comes, likely the one that wins because there's no running <laughs> game either pass way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No running game either way. It's a tragedy in many respects because this is such a big game, and 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 four running backs are out yeah. for both teams. Yeah. So this the ball's got to be in the air, and the group that can protect best is the one that's likely to win. As you heard, Chef D, and you know, of course, Eric Berry, it sounds like, will play yep. and make his season debut tonight. Yeah, well, think about this. He got hurt in the opener against the New England Patriots in the 2017 season, and it feels like he hasn't played in about 10 years. It does. If you go back and look at that game, that was the game where Kareem Hunt burst onto the scene as a rookie running back yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs. And basically, he goes and is out the last two years, tears his Achilles in that game, and then this year has a heel injury that he's battling all through the summer, and it's a situation where they've been bringing him along slowly, getting him ready for tonight, and finally, he's ready, he'll be out there, and at the very least, he's not going to play a full game. It's not natural to think that he would, but he's going to bring a big emotional boost to a team that will be basically inducting Tony Gonzalez into the Chiefs Ring of Honor at halftime on Alumni Weekend, and by the way, the Chargers have faced this before, 
because in Pittsburgh, it was also alumni weekend <laughs> when they played there that night. And so as someone in the Chargers organization said to me last night, since when did we become homecoming weekend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's no important kidding. to remember that uh, regardless of the outcome of this game, this is really not dispositive about the two teams. One, because the running backs are out. Two, because the visiting team on Thursday night is 2-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, against, They really have a decided struggled. disadvantage. And they're 2-12, and 12, and the Chargers haven't beaten the Chiefs since 2013. They've lost nine straight games. Nine mm-hmm. straight, so they're trying right. to buck a lot of odds, but you know what? This Charger yeah. team thinks it's different. Yeah. So this is its opportunity well to go blow up the Thursday night stat, blow up its history against the Chiefs, and go do something special. Well, Injuries, look, short week, all of that stuff. You're going to see these two teams, mentally tough teams, grind it out and see what, no matter what cards we've been, we've been dealt, we still got to find some way. You'll see it tonight on how well, it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a good, it's a good one. We will pick this game later, tell you what we think. And so it is time for Making Smarter Decisions, informed by IBM Watson, who's smarter than Steve Young. No one, I say, so he's back. Ah, there you go, Wendy. <laughs> there we go. Nice lead-in. <laughs> Our quarterback <laughs> spotlight on Steve. Let's start with the quarterback with the best matchup. I like Tom. Look, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have playoffs. Everything's on the line. They go to Oakland, and ugh, this defense, you wonder, with Patrick Mahomes, what he did early in the season, what Derek Carr did. To me, this defense can't hold up, and so Tom Brady comes off of a bitter loss. Those guys are, you talk about the Patriots, for 20 years they've answered the bell. I think Tom Brady comes to Pittsburgh as as poised to do something great as anybody in a long time. I don't think you ever want to be the team that plays the Patriots after a tough loss. It typically does right. not bode well. How about a quarterback who may struggle due to the matchup? Look, I watched the Minnesota Vikings in Seattle. That defense is still good, if not great. And they can, you know, they can, game to game, they can squash you. Ryan Tannehill coming out this glorious win goes to Minnesota with Minnesota's life on the line. They changed offensive coordinators. I just think that the team itself is a pretty good locker room. I think they respond. That defense will respond. Ryan Tannehill's going to walk into a buzzsaw in Minnesota. All right, you've taken Tom Brady off the board, my friend. So who do you want regardless? I know it's not even that, that Miami Miracle's not even his fault. That's why it's not right that he comes off the board. But <laughs> come on, Patrick Mahomes, it's fourth and six or seven. I don't remember what it was. He starts scrambling on the sideline. He looks down, he's like, oh, let me heave one down. And it's like, you go up, you throw a long ball in the NFL across the midline, running to the sideline. You're over 30 in your life, 50. You don't complete that ball. Tyreek Hill comes out of a big gaggle of guys and makes the big play. Look, <laughs> I cannot talk about Magic Mahomes. He's in. He's in until, I don't know, maybe he takes the place of everybody forever. I don't, I just tired of seeing him do amazing things, and I just like, I don't understand this. It makes no sense. It's confusing. It's crazy. I'm Patrick Mahomes. It, he's in. It doesn't, and those who've known him say he's been doing it really since, you know, Little League. It just hasn't stopped. How about yeah, a potential breakout, so. breakout candidate, Steve? I got Big Ben. And that's odd. I just said that a great <laughs> matchup for, 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 for Tom. But I, I, I feel like one thing that the Pittsburgh Steelers could do is put up some points. And uh, they can rally and uh, offensively. I don't know if they can do that defensively. I, I guess that's my point. I think that Big Ben's a breakout because they, they, they've been, they were coming on and they throw it up and down and uneven. And I, I can't stand the Steelers right now. They're making me crazy. And I think that Big Ben answers the bell because it's the, it's the New England Patriots. All right, fair enough. We'll be back with you shortly. Play a little quarterback bingo. 
Uh, right now, though, we'll ask Adam Schefter his quarterback storyline for the week. Wendy, you heard us mention earlier in the show that Carson Wentz has a fractured vertebrae. And because he's got that fractured vertebrae, it's obviously realistic to think that he's not going to be playing on Sunday night, which means the spotlight goes right back to Nick Foles, who stepped into a similar situation last year when the Eagles were in Los Angeles and Carson Wentz tore up his knee in L.A. The Eagles are going back to L.A., and they're going to be counting on Nick Foles once again with Carson Wentz having that fractured vertebrae, according to the CAT scan, that he took yesterday. And so with their situation being what it is, they may be depending on Nick Foles Sunday night and for the rest of the season, depending on how Carson Wentz feels. Certainly sounds like a possibility. Shefty, thank you. One more angle, the fantasy angle, playoff time. Here's Matthew Berry, quarterback, love, hate. Thanks, Wendy. Quarterback I love to exceed his projection on ESPN this week. Jared Goff, I get it. I know he has not looked good recently, but Goff, a completely different quarterback when he's at home. This year, averaging a league-high 27.6 fantasy points per game at home, he's been held under 21 points just once. By the way, he also ranks fourth in touchdown percentage, second in passer rating when playing at the Coliseum in L.A. And now he gets to face an Eagles team that's giving up the third most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks when on the road this season. So, yes, this is an ideal matchup. If you survived last week, I'm back in on Jared Goff this week. Give me the over on his projection of 20.3. As for a quarterback I'm down on this week, it's Jameis Winston going on the road to face the Ravens. Remember, Winston leads the NFL in air yards for pass attempts, so the deep ball, a big part of his fantasy success. The Ravens, however, excel at defending the deep ball. This season, Baltimore, top three in touchdown percentage, completion percentage, yards per completion allowed on deep passes. Give me the under on Winston's projection of 18.9 this week. It's hard not to look forward to this one. It's in the 4 o'clock wave on Sunday. It is the Patriots and the Steelers. The ninth regular season meeting between Big Ben and Tom Brady. The first with both of their teams entering the game, coming off a loss. Uh, clearly, no pressure likes you in his face. They don't want to be pressured. But especially, I think, now so, Tom Brady's getting a little older. He doesn't like it. Can the Steelers, Teddy, find the equation to do that and pressure and rattle Tom Brady? They do. They have the ability to do that. They have the players, but it's going to take more than just a single individual rush. It's going to, I think it's going to take their short intermediate coverage, how oh. Tom looked to that quick read, that, that little crossing route by Edelman. Is it covered? And get him off his first read. That'll, that'll give T.J. Watt and those type of rushers a chance to get to him. That's the only way. Uh, does the coaching staff of the Patriots realize how, how well they get to the quarterback? Yes, in sacks. You see it right there. One of the best in the business right there in terms of getting the quarterback on the ground. They don't want to give him those shots. So can they take care of those underneath quick passes? That will result in pressure. And it's so true. I mean, it's about Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt not getting frustrated because they're going to want to pass rush, but here comes the ball out really quick. And then, you know, the the Patriots set you up. They stay so balanced in what they're trying to do that it eliminates you. It frustrates you as a, a pass rusher. So can Bud Dupree? Can T.J. Watt get there on obvious passing downs? Like, and that's the key. And something I, I just don't understand when going up against the Tom Brady, I mean, having you know be, played with him for so long, is that a lot of the times it's not the pressure, it's the disruption. It's yeah. the hands in yeah. his face. It's a pass rusher realizing just the straight path to him, seeing the three-step drop, getting your hand up, there's a tip ball, there's an interception. It takes a little bit of, of, of humility to just say, I'm not going to get there, hmm. and maybe I'll be able to disrupt sure. the ball. That's yeah. exactly right. Two things come into play here. Number one, the Pittsburgh back end, which has been awful the last, about, about the last four weeks, has to play a lot better than they have played. That's number one. Number two, you're exactly right. 
The inside guys are the ones who are most important. The inside stunts are the ones that are most important. You want to get rushers in Brady's face. You can take two F-16s and send them off the corner. Mm. It doesn't do a darn thing. We played against you for how many years in Indianapolis (laughs) with (laughs) Mathis and Freeney. It doesn't do any good. You've got to get Mm. him up the middle. And the other thing is with the heaviness of the Pittsburgh front, not not Dupree and Watt, but the big guys inside, you go up-tempo, which the Pats are perfectly capable of doing, you wear them out physically. And over the course of a game, that will take its toll. On the flip side, of course, is Roethlisberger. He's been clear when he's asked about the interceptions, I do what I do. You know, if you're a good shooter, you keep shooting. Fair enough. Uh, Can he use that gunslinger mentality in this game? Does that get him in trouble? <laughs> I mean, he I mean, is look, who he is. It, 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 it is who, and, and that's the thing. You've seen the demise of this football team based off of some of the, the, the bonehead decisions that he's made, especially in the plus 20, you know, turn the ball over. And you can't do that against good football teams. Yeah, so at some point, it's going to catch up to you. Is that Ben's way of, of win, trying to win games? Absolutely. There's, you know, he has, he has weapons outside. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith, he has guys that he can get the ball to. But you have to take care of ball and balls in crucial situations, especially in a, in a plus 20. And if you go back and look at the last three weeks, three weeks ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers were sitting in a position where you're saying they're going to compete for home field advantage, yeah. first round by AFC North yeah. title. And now all of it is in jeopardy. And it's three losses that you would never think that they would have had. It was in Denver, exactly. an interception deep in the red zone where Ben throws a pass that was confusing. The next week. Right? It's the loss to the Los Angeles Chargers in Keenan, Pittsburgh. Keenan Allen had yeah. a big day there. Yeah. Yeah. And then this past week, right. going into the fourth And then quarter. this past week, it's the Raiders, like, three confounding losses in ways that you would never think that this team, which is a good team, could lose a game, and they did lose that game. Mm-hmm. So they can't be making those mistakes. Yeah. They've got to shore up the back end. They've got to get the pass rush up the middle. they got to do all those things. But this is a good team that really has struggled the last three weeks. They have had difficulty closing it out. It's funny when you heard Ben Roethlisberger say, we only, we're the only ones who beat us and we're not going to do it. And that's what they've done yeah, the past exactly. three weeks, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. So, again, a good one with a lot of uh, playoff implications on the line Sunday in that 4 o'clock window. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today. We continue with press coverage, courtesy of our Falcons reporter, Vaughn McClure. It's an update on Julio Jones, who is expected to play this week. This is despite being sick. He's expected to be back tomorrow. He's been experiencing flu-like symptoms this the season, but he's expected to play. So with that, we'll turn to our pass catcher spotlight. We're going to let Darren be the glass half full guy. Oh, really? All right. Why oh. not? Darren, uh, what matchup do you like? I like Keenan Allen. Not an island this week. Listen, five straight weeks he scored a touchdown. This guy has been unguardable on the outside. They move him all over the place. They play him outside and bring him in the slot. He he beats you in one-on-one coverage. You try to double him. He finds a way to get open. He's Phillip Rivers' number one guy on the outside. Look for Keenan Allen today against these Chiefs mm. to go off. I'm going to see Keenan Allen at least with another touchdown. All right. They, they will need him, I do believe, yes. to keep up with that scoring machine on the other side. How about a pass catcher with a tough matchup? Okay, I'll go Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Baltimore Ravens, mm. Mike Evans versus that defense. I think he's going to have a rough night because 
This Raven defense, they disguise everything. You never know what they're in pre-snap, and they play a lot of press coverage, okay? Big body, Mike Evans, those cornerbacks are going to be up in him trying to get in that chest and break that momentum, break that timing. They know they like the deep passes, but the Ravens have been great against deep passes this year, too. So Mike Evans, tough matchup against a solid Baltimore Raven defense, defensive coordinator. Wink. Martin Day. <laughs> you like that, don't you? You've been waiting all day to do that. I know it. All right, Darren, who do you want regardless? You know, last week, who did I pick? Jarvis Landry? Yep. Yes. Jarvis Landry had a big day, didn't he? Did yep. he not have a big it's day? It's funny how your I'm memory going, works it's sometimes. Just, oh, going back to the well. works that way. I'm going with Michael Thomas this week <laughs> with the Saints. Michael Thomas is going to have a huge day this week. And the reason why is, listen, Drew Brees is looking for this guy every play because he knows consistently Michael Thomas is going to make that big catch. And you'll see him again this week. He'll move him around in the, in the offense. He'll go up and make the big plays. Michael Thomas will have a huge Huge week this week. All right, you guys been the definition of breakout. Everybody goes in a different mm-hmm. direction, but I'm going to ask do. you anyway, Teddy. Whatever you think it means, give me a breakout candidate. Right, we know about this guy. We know about T.Y. Hilton, but I Heard think he's going to have he's going to have a good day versus the Dallas Cowboys. Three out of the last four, he's gone over what? 100 yards. All right. So how's he breaking out? Andrew Luck break out because these guys need a victory. All right. Oh, oh that's this. Wendy, I'm going to take care of you, Wendy Nick. All right. You just listen to me. <laughs> I'm trying, T. I'm trying. Deep ball threat, Andrew Luck's favorite guy to throw to against the Cowboys defense. Uh, if, if anyone breaks out against the Cowboys defense, right. whom I respect very much, it's a breakout. A lot of man to man. I want to change right. this one. Man. That's the way to describe it. There it yeah. is. Nobody's broken out against the Cowboys defense. Do you see? Yeah. yeah. Shefty's with me. You're not. Exactly. No, I am. I just think we should change that category to something you want to say. Something you want to say, Kennedy. Not my pig, Great that's, Wendy. That's Teddy's good. take. Teddy's take. There we there go. There you go. Teddy's that take. Works. There you go. Break that's out. a good one. <laughs> All right. Oh, here we go. Uh, here, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit Shefty's storyline. Last week, last week we saw that the Broncos were missing Emmanuel Sanders, and we saw how it impacted them in Oakland. And now they get Jarvis Landry and the Cleveland Browns on Saturday. And there's no, it looks like no Denzel Ward for the Cleveland Browns. He's still getting over his concussion. So the Browns are vulnerable. Somebody, Deshaun Hamilton, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Cortland Sutton, mm. Tim Patrick, some of these young wide receivers have to step up for Denver and make some plays on the perimeter. They'll have an opportunity to do that on Saturday against the Cleveland Browns. They are the storyline to watch you this week. deep into that roster, didn't you? Patrick. That's what yeah. he does. He's yeah. Adam yeah. Shepard. Uh, he's also, by the way, in the semifinals in not one but two leagues. So uh, with that, we'll say hello to Matthew Barry. Might have some some information. Pass catcher love eight. Thanks, Wendy. Pass catcher I love to exceed his projection on ESPN this week. Jarvis Landry. Clearly, things have turned around for Landry recently. He has more points in his last two games than he did in his previous four before that. By the way, this is a good matchup. Broncos allowing the fourth most yards per reception to the slot this season. Obviously, they're without Chris Harris now as well. And while the Browns have been creative with Landry's usage, he still ranks third in slot targets this year. Give me the over on his projection of 12.2 this week. As for a pass catcher I'm down on this week, it's Kenny Galladay. Last three weeks, Galladay catching just 50% of his targets. His receptions and yards have declined each game during that stretch. Now Galladay and the Lions have to travel to Buffalo in December to face a Bills defense that have given up the third fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. You expect some shadow coverage coming from Javius White. So I'm taking the under on Galladay's projection of 12.2 this week. Matthew, so much to watch tonight. The AFC West showdown between the Chargers and the Chiefs. It's in Kansas City, and a win will lock up a first-round bye in the playoffs. 
for Andy Reid and company and could potentially even clinch home field advantage. That's if the Patriots lose to the Steelers on Sunday afternoon. When Andy Reid looks across the sideline, there's about a one in four chance he sees one of his former assistants looking back at him. How about this coaching tree? John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera, Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott, Todd Bowles, Pat Shermer, and now Matt Nagy. Seven current NFL head coaches have all come from the Andy Reid coaching tree. Just tremendous. He likes to win, and he's done it quite often. We'll say hello again to Steve Young. And Steve, is so interesting. You two are part of this. Andy Reid graduated from BYU in 81. He got his start in coaching there as a GA, graduate assistant, the next year. And you were there when it all started. Yeah, I was a freshman, and we were had to, back then you had you know JV football. We had a series of games against the Air Force and UNLV went around. He was the JV coach, and uh, I was one of three quarterbacks, and we rotated who was going to start. We had six games, and each one was going to get two. I guess that was, it was my turn in Air Force to start, and Andy came in before the game. He says, hey, Steve, uh, Mark Halgo's dad came in from Minnesota, and like I want to see have his dad see him. Do you mind if he starts? I'm like, yeah, I mind. <laughs> He still, he still, he still benched me. But you know, he he was there. Mike Holmgren joined uh, and was the offensive coordinator, and so he immediately they made a friendship. Then they separate, and then he, when Mike went to Green Bay, he hires immediately Andy Reid to be his kind of number one assistant. And then Andy learns everything from Mike. Mike learned everything from Bill Walsh. And remember, Bill Walsh packaged everything he knew in 1989 and 1990 and handed it to Mike Holmgren in 1992 to go and take it to Green Bay. And on the way out the door, said. I'll see you in the championship game. And Andy saw that and took all that toolkit. And you know, talk about the, the abundance of Bill Walsh to Mike Holmgren to Andy Reid. And now Andy has its own coaching tree. And I think if you think about that, it's just a wonderful – what is the secret to that? It's not detail. Yeah, it's part of it. The secret is I seek and I'm fearless about the abundance that I, I don't have any proprietary knowledge. I, don't, I share it. I want coaches to know about it. I want them to come back and compete against me. And that's the way that I think greatness is made. And think I, I give it to Bill, I give it to Mike, and I give it to Andy. And it's really infected in a positive way the whole NFL. Almost every coach has been touched by this toolkit. It's wonderful and a huge part of their legacy. There's no question about it. Those relationships that have meant so much to so many. I'll ask you this. He's been in the Super Bowl before, but is this Andy Reid's best shot, in your opinion, at winning one? Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes, you know, if Andy's, Andy's going to coach till he's 90 now because <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is going to be around, right? He's, he's gonna, he feels like he probably attack it every year, but yes. Uh, but I think they're going to try to retool. If they don't make it this year, they'll retool, retool and say, look, Patrick's going to get us to some Super Bowls. Let's just make sure he has all the talent around him. But, yes, right now, absolutely a chance to go to the Super Bowl, no, no doubt. I don't think you can blame him for wanting to coach till 90 with Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's the way it looks yeah. right now. We do it every Thursday. we got Steve Young. We've got ping pong. No, I do that every time. This is bingo. Bingo. Bingo balls. This is ping pong. Ping pong. Ping pong bingo. It's Listen, there's 32 balls. They've each representing a team. Then Steve talks about the quarterback. So I can't explain it, but that's what happens. Oh, and we got Bill Polian's playing this. I can't this hurt week. myself here. No, Bill, don't be no, careful, don't Bill. There's, 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 there's a yeah. knife inside you went on there. IR last time I did this. I did. Oh, you oh for Steve, the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, all right, Steve. So what, now you say to yourself, Coach Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, Bird, who's yeah. going to back up Jimmy? You know, I, I, I think Nick Mullins probably has a little bit of higher ceiling. I mean, watching him play last few weeks, I mean, CJ's a tough, great backup. I would take CJ probably amongst, you know, 32 backups right now. He's in the top 10 
of backups that I would not want on my team. But I think Nick's going to, I think he might be the one that wins that job as backup. But both of them, well, well coached. You know the Kyle coaches quarterbacks and he gets the best out of them. Last week's game gave everybody in San Francisco the sense that we're going to be okay. We're not going to flail into no, nowhere's land. We just get our quarterback back and we'll start to, you know, kind of climb the mountain. I feel like we've jazzed up the music. Yeah, we did. We, yeah. we get Ted a little jazzy. Turning oh, spinner, jazzy. jazzy. Yeah, we yeah. have really jazzy, right? I Bill Polian's so. kind of, uh, you know. <laughs> you well, what, are you, what are you saying, Steve? You Steve, Steve. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. We're talking Russell Wilson here. Oh, uh, uh, there we go. So, uh, I watched him up, front, uh, up close and personal last week, and... You know, he's not explosive sometimes. Last week, I think he almost ran. He ran for 61 and threw for 72 and won. One thing about him, you saw him when he scrambled mm-hmm. and won the game, essentially. He goes down the field and he's got, you know, he's like, all of a sudden he's got these linemen chasing him and can't get him. And he goes, he stays in bounds. It's like he's always present. He really understands the game. He takes every inch of it. His long balls are great. I mean, because of his size, people are going to go, oh, he'll never be, you know, the classic you know I hate that. I can't stand that. And it's going to be Russell Wilson over a number of years that finally you're going to say, that guy's a Hall of Fame player. I mean, it's coming. You can, he's that kind of a guy. So to me, I, I love what Seattle's doing. They've transitioned. Pete's got a great system. They take a holistic approach to players. That's why Seattle doesn't just go into the tank and come back three years later. They can reposition, re- retool, and now all of a they're back and in the mix. And I think it's a lot of fun to see what Seattle does. Every team should take note. Go ahead, Teddy. Go ahead. You think you think Russell can take that team or that offense and still have success when they go into maybe a New Orleans or when a, a Los no, Angeles, no, something no, like that? Yeah, no, right. In other words, there's not. There's, they're young. They're transitioning. Let's like I say they're a transitioning ball club. Getting into the playoffs is a great accomplishment. Do I think they can go and surprise somebody? Yeah, yeah they, gonna be they're not. They're yeah. not. They're not the hapless. It's not like you go in there like oh, you know they're dead. But they've got, you know, yes, with Russell, there's always a chance you can score enough points and go down and beat somebody. But gotcha. You know, I, I agree. Doubtful, but I, I, you know, I see it. All right. Oh, one more don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Don't, don't let me don't hurt you. Yeah. All right. No. All right. We got oh, Miami, Miami Dolphins, Dolphins and Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. There you go. Do you feel, I do, that the Dolphins, who were a bunch of independent contractors for two generations <laughs> in that locker room, yeah. suddenly have decided that they are a team. And I feel that... You know, it's it's been coming for a little while. They're playing better football, and when Ryan's healthy, I think the coach is now sucks. You know, he he might have been fired, and now I think because of the win, he'll stay, and that's good. Have some consistency in Miami. I I feel like with some good drafts, and I come and Ryan kind of keeps coming. This team could threaten, right? Mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm am I being too Pollyanna about this one? I just feel like no, I don't. That, uh, with, <laughs> no, I'm, I agree. It's like that. A mo- when a team has a moment and they feel yeah. like their their moment they've arrived and they finally you know cleared a hurdle maybe you can take it to that next level. I well, they've been trying different. to clean I house. I mean, they let a lot of good players go. Management has to let them stay the course. That's the yes. problem. Exactly. Well, I think and yeah. to Steve's point, they need that consistency. Yeah, I hope right. the head coach exactly does stick right. around. That's what the good teams uh, we see. That speaking of Pete Carroll, Steve, you did it. Another week in the books, my friend. Thank you. Woo. No one got hurt. It's all no one got hurt. When Bill's there, I'm very nervous there because he's a uh, you know he's Yoda he's Yoda you're like he's you're, still going. you don't tell you don't tell Yoda things you, Yoda tells you things you know so it's, it's very nerve wracking. All right, are you done, Steve? Let us know. You good? <laughs> Got plenty more, but yes, let's, let's end it. Let's end it. All right, Adam Schefter in the Domino's pregame HQ. Listen, we're going to talk to you about some injuries and uh, none greater than Oda, uh, OBJ. What's the update there? Well, when we saw him miss last week's game with a quad injury, and the Giants said today that he's going to be questionable for Sunday, day-to-day. He's visiting 
specialist to have his quad further examined. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. said that his quad is an issue, told reporters that they uh, hope to be able to play Sunday. But at this point, when the quad is bothering you and you're visiting with outside specialists and you're not practicing, as is the case with OBJ, you wonder if he'll wind up playing on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. Would not be a surprise to see him sit out. As for James Conner, he admitted that he is dealing with a high ankle sprain, two- to four-week injury in all probability. Now, the Steelers have not ruled out the possibility that he could play on Sunday, despite the fact that he did not practice on Wednesday. Again, it remains a long shot that he could be out there on Sunday for the New England Patriots, but the Steelers are not giving up hope. And if he can't play, of course, Jalen Samuels would start once again for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ezekiel Elliott was back at practice today after missing practice on Wednesday with the shoulder injury that he sustained on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. You saw the big blow. Now, Zeke has made it a point to say that it's very important for him to win the rushing title this year. And to win the rushing title, he's going to have to be out there getting high volume. And so that could be the case this week and for the remainder of the season. But Zeke is expected to play despite missing time on Wednesday with the shoulder injury. All right, Shefty, in the what could possibly go wrong category, uh, the NFL announced the 2020 draft will be in Las Vegas. What's the reaction been around the league? Well, I think people are waiting to see how the Raiders use all their first-round draft picks (laughs) in that draft, perhaps even the number one overall pick in that draft. And, of course, you always have draft prospects come out to that city. Well, there'll be 30 or so NFL draft prospects on the loose in Las Vegas. What could happen? What could happen while they're out there? So everybody will have to be on their best behavior while they're out in Las Vegas. It will coincide with the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, the draft will. And so the draft is going to Vegas. The Raiders are going to Vegas. And a league that once spurned Las Vegas is now embracing Las Vegas. That's right. But first we go to Nashville. That's where we'll be in April, then Las Vegas. Shefty, thank you. Our Week 15 Monday night matchup has Drew Brees, his 11-2 Saints, looking for home field advantage throughout the playoffs, while Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey desperate for a win to keep their playoff hopes alive. 8-15 Eastern, 5-15 Pacific. Our coverage begins with Monday night countdown at 6 o'clock. And a number of good running backs in that game, so we'll segue to our running back spotlight, and we'll let um, somebody start with the best matchup. Is that you, Teddy? Yes. Best okay. matchup, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks-San Francisco 49ers game, Wendy. I'm going to say Chris Carson. Good matchup for him. Watching him Monday night versus the Vikings, how the Seattle Seahawks just counted on him on that first touchdown drive. They gave it to him six times, and in the fourth quarter, over and over and over again, you can tell for a team in the Seattle Seahawks that runs the ball primarily about half the time anyway to depend on Carson like this. You know he's going to get his carries. He's a strong runner. He'll get into the end zone like that. So let's go with Carson for a good matchup. All right, fair enough. Uh, Darren, the other side of the equation. Tough matchup. I'm going to go with Chris Thompson Mm. with the Washington Redskins. Listen, this offensive line with the Redskins is beat up. They're on their fourth, fifth guy up there up front. They're pulling people off the street. And you're going up against a Jags team that – they're not playing well, but they are a talented bunch in that front seven, and especially after the huge loss against the Tennessee Titans where they got embarrassed, they will show up. The Jags will show up this week. Chris Thompson's going to have a tough time running the ball between those tackles. All right, Saquon. I mean, Teddy. Oh, oh hello. Well, hello. 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 What Saquon. would you like to know, Wendy? Uh, let's see. Who do you Don't want regardless? Ask. I know. Don't I, that's why. Why? You know. What's the question, though? What running back would you like to have no matter what? No matter what? No matter what? No matter what? <laughs> As usual, Saquon Barkley. That's right. <laughs> Told you week after week after week, 
against the Chicago Bear defense. It doesn't matter. This guy is going to produce for you. What did he have last week, guys? Was it 170? Yes, he broke out. Like he broke records, the first as you half. said. Oh, broke my God. Yes. Broke records. Break yes. out, break records. One, I, I think I've seen enough. Yes. I've seen enough. He's the best in the game. So Whoa. young. I'm going to go game? with Saquon Barkley. Just like I'm picking him over all of them in this category. We'll be at the Super Bowl. I you know, would. we're going to be at the Super Bowl. He's probably going to be on the set at the Super Bowl, not playing in the game. And you're going to pick Who's Saquon Barkley. Who's the pivotal matchup Barkley. tonight? Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley. That's where we're going. But if listen, there's correct, a lot of truth to that. Right? <laughs> better than Todd Gurley? Better than Zeke Kelly? I would take Saquon over them right now. Yes. Uh-huh. I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone. Absolutely. What I've seen. You're right. He, he definitely can play. He has come as advertised. And so looking far. at it as a linebacker, as a challenge of a running back to tackle, bring down, cover, mm-hmm. all of those things, I'd go with Saquon. Fair enough. What you got? Breaking out. I don't, don't, know, I don't even know. I, I was going to go with Darren Sproles, but we're all on Saquon. But no, you can Darren do that. Sproles I like my breakout candidate. We saw him last week against the Cowboys making catches out of the backfield. And I know. Sproles has been on injury list for a long time, but he's got fresh legs, Teddy. He's yeah. back out there. He's running guys over, trying to get into the end zone. Darren Sproles this week against a Rams defense that can't stop anyone out of the backfield. Look for Darren Sproles have a big day. All right, Shefty, I'll ask you a storyline, but before I do, I think it's worth getting an update again on Melvin Gordon just yeah. because it's such a pivotal point tonight. Before we get to our running back storyline, I do want to update you on Melvin Gordon. Basically, it's a situation where when he first hurt that knee, the Chargers were told it would be two to four weeks. It's been 18 days now. And I think he feels like he's good enough to go, but I think the team is going to be guarded and cautious going into the pregame warm-ups. In other words, he's going to have to show them something different yeah. to change their minds for him to play or not play. I think going in, the mindset is, mm, let's make sure we're careful with him and not play him. Now, if he goes out there, feels great pregame warm-ups, maybe gets out there, I think it's going to be challenging for Melvin Gordon to play tonight. That's one running back storyline. The other running back storyline that we're watching this weekend is the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. And that's because Mike Zimmer, your friend, fired John DiFilippo because he wasn't running the football enough. So when that happens and they have a game this upcoming week, you could rest be assured what they're going to be doing on Sunday. They're going to be running Dalvin Cook. That is the storyline for the Minnesota Vikings as they get ready for a big game here, as they try to keep alive their playoff hopes but this is obviously a big win, and they're going to be running the football. Mike Zimmer said he was going to be more involved. You would expect that after making the decision to part ways with the OC. Gold Standard Stat is brought to you by Modelo Especial. Brewed with a fighting spirit since 1925. Time now for the Modelo Gold Standard Stat. Denver's got to be happy with their production from Von Miller and the rookie, Bradley Chubb. They've wasted little time forming one of the best pass rush tandems. The two have combined for 25 and a half sacks this season, the most by any pair of teammates in the NFL. They've actually been a lot of fun to watch, a veteran and a rookie, and they've uh, found a way to work together quite well. Defensive spotlight, and uh, Teddy is going to talk about a D-lineman to watch. Yeah, when you talked about him earlier in the show, Joey Bosa, he's got to be huge tonight. Huge. He's got to be the difference maker in terms of getting after Mahomes, ball disruption, quarterback Mm. sacks, everything. Setting the edge on the jet sweeps, also Mm. seeing the motion coming to you, and instead of going inside and taking easy easy way out, setting the edge so they have to bow out so the cavalry can come and pursue all the speed that Kansas City has. Huge game, Joey Bosa, you got to have. 
you're gonna, you're gonna go again, right? Linebacker. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll go linebacker too, and I'll, I'll go with Rashawn Evans from the Titans. Mm, mm. This guy had a, a tough start of the year. All right, starting the year, I mean, missing training camp, coming in, not getting reads, but he has been coming along, and it's Man. been a pleasure to watch him play. Going up against Saquon Barkley this week, nice young matchup in terms of two promising rookies, linebacker, running back. Get your eyes on these guys because it's going to be a good little matchup. He mm. just turned it on the last three games. He's been like, playing well. He's, He's been playing yeah. well. Yeah, yes, that's turbo right, Wendy. A defensive back to watch, Darren. Uh, I'm going with A.J. Bouye and probably basically the entire Jaguars secondary at the same time. They're going up against uh, a, a Washington Redskins team that's struggled all season. They're on Josh Johnson as their starting quarterback. And there's going to be plenty of balls that will be in the air that will be interceptable. I think when you watch this Jags team, they will come to play this time around. All right, a defensive storyline you're watching. Chef. When they, the Bears get oh, their kryptonite this week, Aaron Rodgers, the man that has really had their number. This is basically the one guy that they've struggled to stop. They've won mm. this matchup. They're playing at the top of the game. You see the way they pressure the passer. The Bears' defense is the best in all football. There's not a better unit, and now they get arguably the most talented quarterback in football in Chicago. That is the defensive storyline to yeah, watch this under, weekend. That makes that makes sense. And they remember what he said about oh, winning out and finishing yeah. in Soldier Field. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Hmm. Sure well, listen. I don't know who's worried. I know who's not worried. Take a listen. Here's what Lewis Riddick said. I'm going to ride with the Bears this year. Whoa. I'm going to ride with them all the way going to the Super Bowl. You're telling me to buy a ticket for Atlanta right now. I'm going to I'm going to ride with them all the way. They they may have to travel. They may have to play a game on the road. In order to get there, and as long as Mitch doesn't have that kind of clunker of a performance, all things being equal, they'll make it there. All right, so they'll make it there. They'll make it there to Atlanta. We'll be seeing. We'll be saying. We'll be singing that damn Bear Down song. In the yeah, well, that would be great. All right, are you there yet? I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. I'm not there. Hey, listen, Lou was spot on when we talked about, the, you know, when Jared Goff came back and he bounced back, had that bounce back season. Lou was on that and one. Mahomes. And we Mahomes. Have to, let's give credit where it's due. But I just, this one, this time around, I, I just don't see enough in that Bears offense to get them to the that The defense next level. isn't an issue. And, and they're going to have to go on the road. Defense is going to show up and they're going to play. Yeah. But they're going to have to go on the road, whether it be to the Rams uh, or New Saints, Orleans, Saints, to win yeah. a football game. And I think, I think it's just too much for this team right now. I understand, Lou excitement. I mean, if there's anyone that knows what championship defense is, Danny Trevathan, the linebacker, he knew what it was like for for a championship unit in Denver to win that championship there. He was there for that, but Mm. Lou's right also. Trubisky, I think, is is too much of a liability in a game where you are on the road and you'll need 24 points to keep up. I think that's going to be with a problem. some tough places to play, by the way. It's not like they're, you know, going into It's one thing to beat the Rams in Chicago, but now to have to go do it in L.A., and it'd be a tougher summit. They certainly can do it. They're good enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Just think it'll be a lot tougher to get done. All right, up next, though, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. First things first. Correct. All right. Uh, we're going to pick these. we got a heck of a game tonight coming up. But first, speaking of first things first, press coverage. Uh, Shefty right here uh, pulling double duty on Denzel Ward. Browns have ruled out the cornerback from Saturday's game. Remember, we have Saturday games this week in Denver, and this is due to his concussion. You could have told us that, Yeah. When do you want to read the... I monitor the Twitter, okay? It is the Chargers and the Chiefs. It is the start of Week 15. You've got great quarterbacks, great teams, playoff implications. What don't we have? Not much. 
What are you watching besides everything? Well, look, there are a lot of running backs that are injured for tonight, right? We know Austin Eckler is out for the Chargers. And I know that Melvin Gordon is going to be a game-time decision, but I think they go in with the mindset that he's not going to play and he has to convince them in the pregame warm-ups otherwise. Spencer Ware is doubtful, so he's not going to play. That leaves Damian Williams as the Chiefs starting running back. It's a lot of change at running back, and not to mention that Kareem Hunt is obviously not going to mm. play. Yeah, one thing we don't know, I think, is, is Melvin Gordon's mindset. Because a, play, a player yeah. can go out there and convince those coaches and trainers that I'm good, mm. I'm ready to go, have a good workout, and still they'll go. The last thing they'll do is, what do you think? And well, then he the, thinks he can and play. And then the player, that's what I'm saying, the player can possibly, he can say, you know what, you're not keeping me off this field. Yeah, tipping point. Yeah, definitely. Fair enough. Uh, all right, coach, you want to pick this thing? Yeah. All right. No running backs. Pared down game plan because of the short week. week yep. Very vanilla. Uh, no practice. Everything's walked through at this time of year. So sling those guns, man. Get the ball in the air. Chiefs, 31-29. We got guys who can sling it. Not one, but two. Yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs as well. Now, you just said it. No running game for, for, the, for both teams right now. And I don't think you can play at the Chiefs unless you're balanced. At least you can keep them off balance. Too many good pass rushers. D Ford, Justin Houston, and Jones in the middle. I'm going with the Chiefs to win this game. I've been on the Chiefs all day. Yes, I've been on have. the Chiefs all week. But I'm changing. But now's the time. I'm going, oh, this is my last pick of the day. I'm going Los Angeles. You want Chiefs, 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 Chargers? I did go Chiefs. You're flipping off and on us here. I'm flipping. I'm going Los Angeles Chargers Well, you're going to be right. Some, variables, some so. variables to watch. Things that we can't control. Special teams for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yep. Turnovers. I think... The Chargers will benefit in those two areas, and then possibly you, don't, you never can predict officials, what they call. So I'm going to think that I like what I saw in the Los Angeles Chargers when they went into Pittsburgh and showed that type of toughness, and they ran that punt back. Desmond King had a big play. Yep. I'm banking on big special teams plays. You're just telling Jenny's you. Jenny's going so far. Oh, no, no. Uh, no, we're not. We're staying. I, uh, I am not sold on this, but I got the Chiefs. I just don't think they – you know, Joey Bosa could be huge. I just don't think they rattled Mahomes enough. But I don't, I'm not selling it because I'm not games. so sure. Tough it is one of those two weeks on Thursday night. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Enjoy this one. Thank you.